Good morning. Good morning. How excited are we? Yeah. Pretty pumped. If you want to go ahead and stand, you know we're going to make it. <laughs> if you're able, if you're not, that's okay. Okay, I see some of you uh, switch sides with me. I'm on the other side. Some of y'all came with me. <laughs> we are here to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Sing with us.
All right, Kavanaugh Church, what's up, everybody? Woo! How's everyone doing today? I asked, how is everyone doing today? We made it. We made it. It is so good to see everyone here today, and I'm so thankful that you get to join us today on this historic day for Kavanaugh Church. It's a good Sunday morning, amen? Amen. And if you're online, I understand that you can't be here, but we wish you were. So soon, soon. But it is so good to be in the Lord's house today, and I'm so thankful for what he has provided us here in this place. And being able to share that with our, uh, ourselves is going to be incredible today. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right back up, and we're going to ask God's anointing on our services this morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, I'm, I'm so thankful for what you have done here in this place for our church. I'm so thankful for this space and for this ministry and your promises coming through. I'm so thankful that we've always been on your mind from the moment that you thought us and knew us well before in eternity to the moment when even though we failed and, and, and you said you were going to crush the head of the serpent, your redemptive work was set in motion. You had a plan. And I'm so thankful from the stable to the grave to you busting that door open on the third day to going and preparing a place for us and sending your spirit to dwell among your people. I'm so thankful for that. And God, I cannot wait till our faith finally turns into sight. So thankful for the hope that we have in Jesus. So we pray for our services today. We pray for salvation. We pray for an awesome message today. We pray for renewed spirits and we pray for the, for the broken to be healed and for, the, to, for everyone to just be able to see you for who you really are as our Redeemer. We love you. Thank and so thankful for you. In your name, amen. Let's continue to worship. Amen. Thank you, buddy. I think Nathan's fired up, don't you? Yeah. Y'all can be seated. Please sit down if you would. I'm going to ask Brother Johnny to bring up our special guest on the stage. Uh, if you've uh, been here through the Christmas season, you know that we have uh, been doing Adopt a Missionary Kid. For 20 years, we've been doing Adopt a Family adopting uh, area children and offering them a fabulous Christmas. Uh, last year with COVID, things kind of changed, and uh, we decided this year to adopt our missionary kids. I called the International Missions Office and asked them, how many kids do we have that uh, belong to International Missions, uh, missionaries, and uh, uh, came back 65. But that's grown now, there's 66 of them. And you are providing Christmas for 66 of our international missionary kids. Thank you so much for doing that. Been fantastic. You also gave enough money. We're going to go down to Puerto Rico in uh, February and provide Christmas for 25 kids in Puerto Rico. So, again, give a big applause for that. Brother Johnny, we, we've got nine missionary families who are home on furlough, and we invited all nine families to Kavanaugh to uh, just uh, love on their kids and give them a great Christmas. And uh, this is family seven and eight 
who have arrived here in Fort Smith. The other ones are going to be coming 1st of January. And uh, then all the rest of our missionaries who are serving on foreign fields, we have uh, sent them their money. And uh, they're buying Christmas for their kids. As I told uh, you guys in the first service, we love our international missionaries. We're so thankful for you and what you're doing. But we love your kids more, don't we? (laughs) We love their kids. And we're so thankful that we can uh, share with them the love of Jesus this Christmas season. Have two wonderful families here today. I want to introduce to you the Pins and the Ketamans. Uh, I'm going to ask them to introduce their kids to you and then just give a brief explanation as to what they're doing in international missions. I first want to introduce to you Tyler and Kelly Penn. Uh, Kelly, you've been here to Kavanaugh before when Sarah Miller was married 20 years ago. It was a December wedding, and it was icy and cold. It's a better Sunday to be here, I think. Tyler, would you please introduce your kids to us and tell us what you're doing with international students? Hello, everybody. want to say thank you so much on behalf of our family for what you've done for our children and this is the oldest his name is Mason you can tell there's going to be alliteration here this is the daughter her name is Millie she's 15 this is Madden he is 11 and they had an absolute blast yesterday getting to go Christmas shopping and uh, Madden's even wearing a little bit of his Christmas here this morning <laughs> uh, he's looking good yeah so we're a little bit different with IM, the Imperial Baptist with International Missions, in the sense of we are actually not overseas. Normally you think international missions, you think China or Japan or France or Ecuador. Uh, we are in the foreign field of the state of Illinois. <laughs> it's like, well, how does that work? Because we are not with IM because of where we are at, but whom we serve. And that is we serve the international student population at the University of Illinois. They are from China, Mongolia, Ecuador, Japan, Peru, those kind of things. And so there are over 15,000 international students representing over 100 different nations walking our campus. It's a top five university for international student enrollment in the United States. Hmm. And just some things about these students. Um, Number one, they are some of the brightest of the bright walking our planet. Uh, My friends, they're working on photon detection to work with quantum technology to be in the quantum computer. Um, some of them are working on tape that goes on your hand that then reaches to your phone, your blue close levels and blue close. See, I don't speak very well. Uh, blue close levels and sugars. Um, that's what my friends do. My kids' friends, they play Fortnite. So. <laughs> but these students, another thing is they have absolutely no idea about Jesus. Um, we've taken them to Christmas plays before and driving home. They're like, Tyler, who are the guys up there with the hooks? Like, well, those are the shepherds. And they're like, well, who are the guys that came down with the big caravan of people. Those are the wise men. Then they asked us, said, Tyler, why was there a baby on stage? And that just sounds you know, really not very bright. And you're like, well, that's Christmas. Of course there's a baby. But that's what I mean. What's been imported to them is ho, 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 and a deer with a red nose, not the birth of Christ. They have no clue about Jesus. And so that's what our family does. We come alongside of them, connect through English Corner at the campus, and we invite to our homes uh, we had 50 international students over for s'mores. Watch a student eat s'more for the first time. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then they came over for Christmas and baking and cookies. And it's just a blast to get to know them, to get to love them. And then we try to create opportunities of, 
to share the, the gospel of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's how our family navigates with these international students. We love what we get to do. We're so thankful for churches like you guys who come alongside of us. Thank you. Amen. Give the pins a big hand, would you? One of my favorite missionary families is Jack and Ashley Ketterman. Uh, they are a wonderful family that loves the Lord, and they are serving God in Japan. And Jack, I'm going to ask that you introduce this beautiful family to us, and tell us briefly what you're doing in Japan. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Uh, first of all, just this has been an amazing weekend. Uh, we've, had a, we've had a blast. The kids have had a great time. And uh, you guys have, have made a, uh, a lifelong memory uh, this weekend for our children. And I, I'm just amazed at your generosity, not just doing that for these families here, and the other six that you've seen and the others that are coming, but those on the other side of the globe and others that you've never even met may never meet this side of eternity. And uh, uh, just thank you for that generosity and using the blessings God has given you to bless others. And that's, that's, that's what God intends us to do with those, and I thank you for doing that. Um, and this is my wife, Ashley. Uh, I have to sometimes specify which is my wife and which are my daughters. And so this is our daughter, Jane, who's 14, our daughter, Callie, who's 11, and our son, Carter, who's six. <laughs> and Carter is, Carter is going to be taking home a, uh, a Lego box that is almost as tall as him. So thank, thank you so much for that. Uh, we get to minister in Japan. We've been there for uh, just uh, about two and a half years, a part of the Hope Alive church planning team. It's a brand new church. The way we like to describe it, sometimes we got to be in the birthing room when a church came into the world. And uh, it's, it's exciting. In Japan, there's only one church for every 16,000 people. So seeing a little dent made in that statistic uh, is, is really exciting and encouraging to be a part of. A lot of people don't know the Japanese are the second largest unreached people group on the planet. And so uh, there's less than 1% of the population of about 127 million who are evangelical believers in Christ. And, uh, but we're seeing God work. I saw uh, just, a, just a few minutes ago between the services, as uh, this is beautiful, by the way. It's exciting for us to be able to be here and celebrate this new building with you. In the old kind of foyer, I saw a, a placard in the floor that said, share the hope, I think. And uh, that, that when we see the word hope, we always kind of feel affinity for that because that's what we get to do. We're part of Hope Alive. It's a bilingual church sharing hope with people who really often are hopeless and don't know the hope of Christ. And one of the things that we get to do is, uh, is be ambassadors sharing Christ, introducing them to Christ for the first time. And so, uh, like Paul said in, in Scripture, he said, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for his sake. So we're making the introduction oftentimes to Jesus for the very first time. And we've seen some people come to Christ. Uh, Eleven people have been baptized, and one, one of those days was a, a mother and daughter, mother and son on the same day. Uh, those kind of things are really, really exciting. And we're, we're encouraged. We have some other hope stories we'd love to share if you want to hear in person, but we won't take the time for that right <laughs> now. But thank you again so much for having us and for investing in our family and, uh, and, and helping encourage us and give, put, send us out to, to share hope with those around the world. Amen. Give the Kettemans a big hand, would you? Hey. Carter, Carter, I heard that Brother Johnny just gave you a, an extra little gift, didn't he? Did Brother Johnny just give you something? What was it that he gave you? Uh, a BB gun. A BB gun. 
Can you believe that? Brother Johnny gave him a BB gun. Carter, don't shoot your eye out, all right? Hey, give these two missionary families a big hand. After service, yeah, after the service, you can get around in the Welcome Center and meet them. Right now, I'm going to invite you to stand back up and let's praise God together, shall we? Your name. 
that he gave his only son. Amen. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Matthew 1.21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. There is no name that is more beautiful. There is no name that is more wonderful, more powerful than the simple, precious name, Jesus. Jesus. Let's sing to him this morning. What a beautiful name.
doesn't know you and can't call you by your beautiful name, Jesus, that they would come to know you before it's too late. And I'm so thankful, God, for all of the many names that you have. You're our provider, our redeemer, our savior, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. And I'm so thankful, God, that I get to call you mine. And I pray, God, that you would be with all of the services that are going on in the building this morning. And I pray for Brother Will, a special anointing, that your spirit would flow in and through this congregation, God, that we would hear exactly what we need to hear. And I thank you for all of these things in your precious, beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Sing with us one more time. Just a cappella, lift your voices. What a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The Man, oh man. Hey, you bet. I, uh, I told the first service, I, I, I prayed all week, Lord, help me to keep my composure. And when I walk up there, not to cry. But you know what? I think it's okay to cry, don't you? It's okay because our praise goes to the Lord. Can, can, would you give me a second just to kind of take this in? Isn't this great? It, it is fantastic. It is an answer to a um, long, long prayer that we've been praying many years. My, my middle daughter, Callie, is 24 years old. Uh, we moved here when she was just about three months old, so her entire life has been at Cavanaugh Church. Uh, she's down in Waco now, but she called me this, this past week, and she said, Dad, I'm so excited for, for you and for Mom and for Cavanaugh Church. She said, my whole life. I remember you talking about this. I remember you preaching and telling the people we need to build a bigger building, and you'd come home and talk about it. And she said, I'm so thankful that Kavanaugh's going to enjoy that new building today. It's been a prayer for many years, but today we want to praise the Lord for letting us be in this wonderful house. We're going to have a big day of dedication coming up in the next few months, and we'll let you know about that and give thanks to a lot of people who have worked tirelessly to make this happen. But uh, I just want to say, y'all are looking pretty good. And, and you have me very confused because uh, nobody's sitting in their same spot because we're in a different spot. And all you balcony people, man, wow, you're going to finally realize how good it is to be on the floor right here, so... 
just a couple of things about this room uh, as we enter our first service here. We can actually double the seating capacity. Uh, we've got about 400 chairs put out, and my goodness, it looks like we need a few more put out. We can actually double this by just squeezing the, the chairs together a little bit, and I can't wait until we have to do that, all right? And hopefully in the, in the very near future, we'll be doing it. You probably noticed there are no altars. Our altars are being custom-made, and in a few weeks, they'll be here. If you really need to pray this morning, which I hope that you feel you need to, you can come and just kneel on the concrete. Brother Jason is here to help you get up, all right, once you do that. We got really serious about this building two years ago, and I can remember having a, a building committee meeting talking about uh, jumping off and breaking ground and, and starting the facility, and Charlie Wagner, who is now in heaven, said, you know what, I, I believe it is God's will for this to happen, but we still got that property out at Raleigh Farm that we've been trying to sell for the last 12, 13 years. And, and Charlie said, I, I really believe it's going to be confirmation that we're doing what God wants us to do if our property in Raleigh Farm sells. And so we've been praying three times a day for this property to sell, and I appreciate you praying. And, and I've just got to say, I think God has a sense of humor you know, because I wanted this property to sell before we started construction on this building. It sure would have helped with the cost of things, but it didn't sell. We were supposed to have this opening on August the 15th and our first service in here to be on that Sunday. It's not August the 15th. It's December the 19th. But you know what? God's planning and his timing is always perfect. I want to show you a picture of what happened on Monday, Raleigh Farm Soul. I want to thank Ms. Sharla Law. Raise your hand, Sharla. Sharla's our realtor, has worked tirelessly to put this deal together. Thank you, Ms. Sharla. And I, I think it's rather poetic in God's timing that uh, six days before we move into this new building, he sells Riley Farm for us. And I think Charlie Wagner's in heaven snickering right now, <laughs> saying, preacher, I told you God is going to do it, and God did it in his way, right? Amen? Amen. Wow. It's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm here to preach, and it's Christmas, so I guess I need to preach a Christmas message, right? And if you came today thinking you would hear a sermon from Luke chapter 2 about the star and the shepherds with the hook, all right, and the little baby in the manger, I'm sorry you're going to be disappointed, okay? Maybe you can read that passage on Christmas Day with your family. But I am going to talk about the incarnation, which is a technical word talking about Jesus coming to earth. And the question I want to try to answer this morning is, why did he do it? Why in the world would Jesus leave a perfect place called heaven to come down to this sin-sick, messed-up world? Why? Have you ever wondered that? Or maybe you've been asked the question before, why did you do that? When I was a little kid, that was the most asked question that my parents asked me from little bitty toddler Jason through adolescence to teen years. William, she would say, why did you do that? A dozen times a day I heard that question. 
William, why did you do that? And, and I finally got tired of trying to explain why I did what I did when I really didn't know why I was doing what I did. And I would just come up with the answer, I don't know. And then when I got a little older, a little more rebellious, my teen years, I'd say, oh, until she slapped me in the face. No, my mama didn't really do that. Have you ever said that? I, I don't know. Why, why do people do what they do? Some, sometimes we don't know. Why did Jesus come to planet Earth? That we do know. When Jesus left heaven to come to planet Earth, when, when he stepped foot on this soiled soil, he did it for a reason. Jesus had a reason for coming. There was a plan to this madness. He was on a mission from God, and he wanted the whole world to know why he came. That's why we read this little phrase in the Bible numerous times. Jesus said, I have come. Read that aloud with me on three. One, two, three. I have come. In fact, I have read 13 occurrences of that phrase spoken by Jesus in the Bible. 13 times Jesus told us why he left heaven to come to planet earth. Now this morning I don't have time to give you all 13 occurrences of when that phrase occurred in the scripture, but I have narrowed it down to four. And so on December the 19th, 2021, I want you to know for sure why Jesus came as a little baby and why he died as a grown man. Four reasons why Jesus came. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, Jesus came to represent his heavenly father. And not only to do that, but to also do the will of his father. I love John chapter 6, verse 38. It says, Jesus speaking, for I came down from heaven to do, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Now, this concept really comes from the Old Testament. In fact, in Psalms 40, we have what is called a messianic psalm. It is a prophecy of the coming Messiah written some 1,000 years before Jesus actually came as a Bethlehem baby. It's all about Jesus coming. This Psalm 40 is all about Christ. What does it say? Psalms 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is written in my heart. And then after Jesus came to planet earth and died on Calvary's cross, the writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 takes this messianic psalm, Psalm 40, and puts it in the mouth of Jesus. For we read in Hebrews 10, verse 5, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, and here's Psalms 40, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Why did Jesus come? He came to represent the Father to a lost and dying world. He wanted to show us in physical form 
what God is all about. And he came to do the will of his heavenly father. In a newsletter, missionary and college president George Murray talked about um, his first Christmas in a foreign country as a missionary. He and his wife uh, went to Europe. In fact, they actually went to Italy and served there for 13 years as missionaries. And he said the first Christmas in Italy was the hardest one. And I think you guys can kind of relate to this. He said more than anything else, we wanted to go home for Christmas. And as the days grew closer to Christmas, our our hearts just, just longed more and more to be at home with our family and our friends, to to be there with all the childhood traditions that we had grown up with. We we even wanted to hear the sounds of Christmas and taste the, the taste and smell the smells of Christmas. Pumpkin pie and cranberry sauce was not found in the region they were in. And they were really homesick that first Christmas. Then one day, George was meditating on the meaning of Christmas. And he said, it hit me like a brick wall. Christmas isn't about going home. He said, Christmas is all about leaving home. Did you get that? Christmas isn't about going home, it's about leaving home. Because that is exactly what Jesus Christ did. He deliberately left the comfort and security of his heavenly home to come down to this sin-filled world. He was obeying his heavenly Father. He was representing God Almighty to this world. He said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Behold, here I am. I have come to do your will, oh my God. Isn't that great? Jesus came to represent the Father and to do the will of his heavenly Father. Let let me do a quick time out and throw a parenthesis in here. Christmas is all about giving, is it not? We give gifts to one another, our family, our friends. Have you thought about giving a gift to Jesus? And I don't think you could give him a better gift today than to say, Lord Jesus, in 2022, what I want to give you is my life, my body, my all, everything I have, my mind, my mouth, my hands, my feet. Dear Lord, I I give you all there is of me. More than anything, I want to do your will. I mean, he came to earth to do his Father's will. Why can't we give that same gift back to him? Lord, I want to do your will. Why did Jesus come? Number one, he came to represent the Father. Number two, (laughs) he came to kindle a fire. Now, again, this is so far away from that little manger scene with a tiny little baby in it. But you need to understand that little baby grew up And as he grew up, he did the will of the Father. And what was the will of the Father? He came to kindle a fire. Read with me Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus said, I have, come on people, join me. I have to bring fire on the earth. And oh, how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo. And how distressed I am until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. I tell you, but I came to bring division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two. Two against three. 
They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. You're thinking, Will, you're getting real personal here. That, you're describing my family. <laughs> well, I hope your family is not like that this, this Christmas season, but you know what? A lot of us have dysfunctional families, and there is that kind of division. But that's not the division he's talking about here. I understand this is a, a difficult passage to understand, but I think it can be boiled down to three words, three key words, the word fire, the word baptism, and the word division. Jesus said he was coming to kindle a fire. He, he was coming to undergo a baptism, and he was coming to create a division. The second and third aspects of this passage, I believe, are easy to interpret. The baptism that Christ was dreading here was his baptism into suffering, his passion, the death on the cross. The division would come between those who would receive him and those who would reject him. And Jesus said, that's going to happen in families where a husband will receive him, a wife will not, a parent will receive, a child will not, and there will be division in that family. That's easy for us to understand, but what did he mean when he said, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and oh, how I wish it were already kindled. Well, we don't have to go very far to figure that out. Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John the Baptist said that the coming Messiah was going to set fire to the earth, and he was going to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, you need to understand, church, that fire in the Bible is a symbol of God's judgment. So when Jesus said, I have come to bring fire to the earth, really what he is saying is, I have come to bring judgment on planet earth. I have come to earth to deal with and destroy the forces of evil in this world. I have come to judge sin and to deal with evil. I've often been asked the question, Pastor, if, if God is such a good God, why, why is there so much evil in the world? Why doesn't he just deal with it? And the answer to that question is, he has dealt with it, and he is dealing with it. That's what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. So let me try to paraphrase what Jesus is saying here in Luke chapter 12. Jesus was saying, I have come to earth to deal with sin, and I have come to judge evil. I have come to take away from you what you cannot release on your own, and that is your own sin problem. That, that's one thing that, that we can't fix by ourselves. You can't take away your sin, but Jesus can. So he came to planet earth to deal with our sin, to judge evil. And he said, I am going to kindle a fire that is going to cleanse the world of evil. But in the process of doing that, Jesus said, I am going to be plunged into this ocean of suffering. And in the process, the world is going to be divided over me. And everyone on earth is going to have to make a choice. What are they going to do with me? You know what? 
It's going to happen right here this morning. Before you leave this room, you're going to have to decide, what am I going to do with Jesus? Why did he come? He came to represent his father. Number two, he came to kindle a fire. And number three, Jesus came to preach a message. And what was that message? Look look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and he went to a solitary place. Why did he do that? He was going to pray there. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, well, let us go somewhere else to one of the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Why did Jesus come? Simple, he came to preach a message. And what is the message Jesus came to preach? Well, the Bible tells us that as well. That same chapter, Mark chapter 1, verse 14, it says, After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. And there we have it, this this wonderful old Greek word, euanglion. The prefix is eu, meaning good, and the stem of the word is angel, which means messenger. So we call it the gospel. We call it the good news. We call it the good message. This is one of the Bible's best and most wonderful words, and yet it still seems like it's an understatement to me. Good news. Close your eyes just for a second. Everybody, everybody close their eyes. I want you to imagine this. Imagine you were trapped in a collapsed cave. You're running out of air, shut in this claustrophobic darkness, only minutes away from death. But then all of a sudden you hear workmen breaking through the rubble to rescue you. What would you call that? How about good news? (laughs) How about good news? You're you're about to, now you can open your eyes. Don't keep them closed. You'll fall asleep, all right? Or, Or what about this one? You've lost your job. You've spent everything in savings, paying your mortgage and electric bill. There's no food in the cupboard, nothing in the refrigerator. You've got a stack of bills on the kitchen table that there's no way you can pay. What in the world are you going to do? Everything is gone. There is no money in the house. How are you? Forget about buying gifts, Christmas gifts for the kids or grandkids. You don't have enough money to buy food. Wow. Then all of a sudden the phone rings. On the other end, Danny is an attorney that you didn't know telling you a, you have an uncle you never heard of. And he was well off, he's died, and he has left you his entire inheritance. $454 million. Hey, do y'all remember the 454 story? Or whatever, 20 million bucks. What would you call that? Just good news, news, man. Good news. Y'all are a tough crowd. How about one more? You're in the hospital, trapped. You're laying on one of those hospital beds, and there are so many wires connected to your body. You got tubes coming out. Your body, you didn't even know how you had places that tubes could come out. But you're dying 
you have this incurable disease. The doctor's already told you and your family you only have days to live. What dark despair. But then that doctor comes in your room. He's got a smile on his face, and he's holding a little red pill. He says, you'll never believe it. They've, they've just invented this miracle drug. And if you'll swallow this drug with a couple of wa- cup of water, you're going to be instantly healed. What do you call that? <laughs> How about good news? Here we are, sinners, separated from God by our own imperfections, trapped on a doomed planet, facing death, judgment, and hell. But because he loved us, God becomes a man who willingly dies in our place and rises from the dead so that we could be forgiven of our sins and go to heaven when we die. Now, what do you call that? You know what? It's more than good news, but we do not have a word in our vocabulary to adequately describe it. That's why the angels put it like this. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. (laughs) I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My Lord came to represent the Father and do His will. He came to kindle a fire. He came to preach a message of hope. And then finally, number four, He came to give us life. Not just life, He came to give abundant life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I read about two cities in New York State. Both of them draw water from sources in the nearby mountains. One of the cities depends on a lake which often goes dry in the heat of summer. And so they have to issue these these proclamations, these laws almost every year, dictating what days you can water your lawn or if you can even water your lawn or wash your car. Why? Because they're trying to conserve the water The other city, however, gets its water supply from a lake that is in the Catskills that never goes dry. It is fed from underground streams. And that city never has to worry about having enough water because they could never exhaust all of the water that's in that lake. Now, many of us, even as Christians, forget that we have an endless supply of grace. Sometimes we forget that we have an endless supply of joy. There are some days that we totally forget we have an endless supply of peace. We don't have to worry about our spiritual reservoirs, but you know what we do have to do? We've got to tap into them. And the only way you can tap into God's love, joy, peace, and grace is through faith. If we're committed to Christ and walking in the Spirit, we have this ocean of God's blessing to draw from every day. Jesus said it's like streams of living water that just keep boiling up inside of us. 
And that's the message Jesus came to preach. That's the life he wants you to have. Not just life, but abundant life. His life of grace. Let me land this plane. All right, you ready? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to this earth looking for you. In fact, that's what Christmas is really all about. Jesus came looking, looking for you. He came to represent his heavenly father to you. He came to kindle a fire, to bring judgment to this earth, to give you forgiveness of sin. He came to preach a message of hope, and he has come to give you life, and not just life, abundant life. That's why he said, I have come. And so this Christmas, we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive their king. Let every heart prepare him room. And that brings me to this question. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And so today, Jesus is he's knocking on your heart's door. <laughs> he's wanting to come in. Because listen, listen to me. Look at me. Everybody look at me. And I want to scan this beautiful audience. Man, y'all are looking good. The reason Jesus came is for you. You've heard this said before. I believe it. Ron, I believe it. If you were the only one he would have come for you. That's how much he loves you. And today he wants to have a relationship with you. But you got to let him in. Guys, we, we like to say here at Kavanaugh Church, going to heaven's not that tough. It's as simple as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. You know what, Tyler, we all are. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus can save you. And Danny, he's the only one who can save you. And then C, confess that Jesus is Lord of your life. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Would you receive his gift of salvation today? He came for you. Maybe you are a believer, but you know what? You're, you're far away from him, and today you realize you need to be close to him. And the greatest gift that you could give Jesus this new year is to say, Lord, more than anything else, I want to do your will, your way. Today I invite you to come and pray that here at the front of the stage. Maybe, maybe your heart is burdened because of lost people in your own family and you know this Christmas you're going to be with them, maybe today you would come and pray for them and say, Lord, give me a word to give to my family this Christmas. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would work in all of our hearts. For those who need to come and receive this gift of salvation, I, I pray that they would step out even now as I'm praying and come to the front and ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins and come into their life. Lord, for the rest of us, may we come and rededicate our life to you Lord, there are some who need to come and pray for lost relatives and family members. Others who just want to come today and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for coming for me. 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for this new building that we get to reach people in and through. Lord, I want to say thank you. And I pray, dear God, that you would bless this time of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. We don't have altars right now, but you can just come to the front. I'd like to pray with you if you need to come, would you? As God speaks, would you come? that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for loving us. Thank you for coming for us. I pray a blessing on everyone here today and those watching online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated just for just a moment. I want to thank again the Ketamans and the Pins for being here. Give them a big hand. Would you do that? Guys, if you would, would y'all just go on to the Welcome Center right now? After service, get around them in the Welcome Center, meet them, and uh, let them know that you love them. Uh, a couple of things, as you walk out the building, make sure you drop your offering in those black boxes. Same black boxes 
they're just inside the worship center instead of outside, all right? So they're all across the back. You can drop your offering in. We certainly appreciate that. Tonight at 6.30 on Facebook Live, Brother Ronnie Fox is going to be teaching a Sunday school lesson. You can tune into that. And then 7 o'clock Wednesday night, everybody come back in here. Why? It's our little kid Christmas program. Oh, it's awesome, man. They do a great job. Uh, so 7 o'clock Wednesday, be in here for that. I think they have practice today at 4 o'clock. Also, if you signed up for We Worship, uh, Ashwin has the new schedules. She's out at our new We Worship counter. Stop by and pick up one of those schedules. Uh, three families in our church have been hit with death, and they are grieving. I want you to pray for the Billy Gibson family. We had Billy's funeral yesterday over in the old worship center. Uh, his mama Mary, his son Colby were here this morning in the first service. Pray for that family. And then Teresa Littlejohn. Uh, she comes with her mother Barbara and her sister Susie. They come to our first service. She passed away due to COVID this past week. Her funeral is going to be Tuesday morning at Edwards Funeral Home. And then Dustin Kirkpatrick's brother passed away, Ethan. And uh, Tuesday at 10 o'clock at the First Baptist Church, in, it's in Hackett, isn't it? They're going to have Ethan's funeral, so be praying for Dustin and his family. Uh, lift them up to the Lord, and I know God is going to reach his arms around these families and love on them. Uh, boy, I want to tell you, I love you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Isn't this great? Isn't it great? I, I can't tell you the, uh, the days I've dreamed about this. In fact, before this building was, was even started, I, I measured it off, and I knew just about where the pulpit was going to be, and I would come out here when it was just open air, and I'd just practice preaching, man, you know? And then, then when they laid concrete, I was in here and, uh, and, and practiced preaching, and man, it's been cool. But there's nothing like preaching in here with you in here. Thank you for being here. We're, we're going to honor all of those who, who participated in the building of this building. I want to say a special thank you to the sound crew. They've been here every night this week getting things done. And a special recognition right back there by Wes, we have Anthony. Anthony, raise your hand. Anthony was our lead electrician for, for several months on this project. And... Uh, and when we had a problem, we'd come looking for Anthony, and uh, he always helped us out. I'm glad you're here. God bless you. Thank you. If you've got any complaints about any of this, I don't want to hear them. <laughs> right, Neil? Save them for next year. Go talk to the chairman of the board. I'm just delighted that we're in here, aren't you? Yeah. woo Yeah. Man. Fantastic. What a great day. I love you, but more than that, God loves you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you Wednesday night right back in here. You're dismissed.